0: Episode 241, Bonus Edition, Interview with Tiffany Wallace.
1: Hi, I'm Dan Krynas, host of the Leader of Learning podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an
0: Empowering Educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Welcome to the Always a Lesson Summer Interview Series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. Hey, y'all. Today is a special day. We've got an amazing guest. I want to help you reignite your passion and potential by learning from another elite educator named Tiffany Wallace. She's got an empowering message about teaching and about leadership. So lean into this conversation And before we dive in, I want to share a little bit more about her with you. So Tiffany is an educator, entrepreneur, and goal achievement coach. She helps ambitious, self-motivated women, entrepreneurs, and leaders create and achieve meaningful goals without sacrificing their priorities. She has been leading people for 15 years, and she holds an education specialist degree in learning teaching, and curriculum. She's done extensive research on reading fluency and completed her specialist dissertation and research on what peer coaching looks like and sounds like. Through that research, she founded a collaborative talk sequence, which we talk about in this episode, that empowers educators on an individual and group level to increase teacher motivation, joy, confidence, Knowledge and own their unique leader within themselves that carries over into student achievement. For the past six and a half years, Tiffany has used her education, leadership, and coaching experience to empower women from all different backgrounds in work and life through entrepreneurship and growing their own turnkey business. Her collaborative talk sequence allows each individual to step into their influence and is a framework for affecting effective collaboration groups to happen on an education and business level. She believes that when you are equipped with the right mindset, strategy, confidence, and environment allows for meaningful and purposeful growth to be ignited from each individual's unique strengths, priorities, and beliefs is quite the ripple effect. I'm excited about this conversation. One, because she's become such a good friend of mine, uh, a mentor in terms of how she leads other people. I've learned a lot. She's super transparent, honest, like integrity off the charts. And she's so willing to share everything she knows. She's a giver. Uh, I love following her on social. You need to do so because she really (laughs) shows you all behind the scenes of the reality of life. And That no matter what has come her way, all the different challenges, that she is willing to pivot and think without the emotional aspect, but think what's best for those involved right now. And she has hard days and she has wonderful days too, but watching how she navigates that and is a true model to being a human and life just happening, even when you have the most wonderful plans for your day of how to show up and and lead in education. And I admire her for that, for willing to, to show us the hard moments and how she works through it and gets a new game plan and moves through it. She doesn't stay stuck in that emotional place. And that speaks to a lot of what teachers have gone through this last year, teaching through the coronavirus and how that's just not at all in our plans and how you've got to do the best you can with what you got. And keep it moving. So, Tiffany, I'm so thankful for you. Let's dive into our conversation. Well, hey, Tiffany, thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators Podcast. Hello. Good morning.
1: I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for I, having am,
0: me. I am too. You're very welcome. We've got educators tuning in from around the world. And I just want to dive into a great conversation about teaching, about leadership, and about self care. Are you ready? I am ready. All like three of my favorite topics. (laughs) I know it really (laughs) is. So let's just catch everyone up. How do you and I know each other? How did our paths cross? Instagram.
1: How amazing is that? Mm -hmm. I think it, um, you know, I always remind myself, I talk to a lot of people that I get to work with and lead about truly the power of social media when you do it correctly. And, And to me, it's getting to connect with people like you. And so we got to connect through Instagram and I'm always drawn to educators just because that is my background. Mm -hmm. And I was just drawn to your whole philosophy and how you show up and just everything, the vibe, the energy you give. And I I totally relate to you and just the power of empowering educators and the impact it can have in the classroom on ourselves and beyond. So,
0: amen. That's so good. Yeah. And my reason is the same that. So if y'all don't know, Tiffany, aren't following her, you need to. But she's so transparent and open about any obstacle she's facing, her daily life, um, her goals, and she maps everything out. I mean, she just shows you. Really behind the scenes of everything, and we'll get into that, but that is what attracted me to her and I said, "Wow, I really want to follow her and figure out what, what she's doing and how she's crossing all her old passions and new passions together. And again, we'll get to that in a minute, but I just thought this is someone worth watching. So thank goodness for Instagram and for Tiffany not being weirded out that I would just randomly (laughs) DM her (laughs) and say (laughs) (laughs) things.
1: No, not at all. And it's, um, it's just been so fun to get to connect and get to know you. We have so many
0: things in common, which is just
1: So great, yeah.
0: Well, let's go backwards. What was your first position in education, and there, where did that lead you to what you're doing today? Take us on that journey. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, So I, I'm in Columbia, Missouri, and I changed my major in my undergrad five times. Which, looking back, still makes me smile because all growing up I wanted to be a teacher. You know, my sister and I played school and but I had these visions of also being just this person that got to I mean it kind of leadership, you know, kind of role kind of thing. But um so change I major in college lots of times, ended back up in education. I was actually speech pathology for two years. And so I was on the five year program <laughs> for education. Mm-hmm. And um, But I really wanted to work in schools. You know, I didn't really want to be in the hospital setting with that. And that is what took me. And it was just as soon as I got into that, I was like, this is it. You know, it just felt so good. And so did that right after my undergrad. I got accepted into this elite master's program through the University of Missouri called the Teaching Fellowship Program, where you get your master's in one year while you're teaching full-time. You're a full-time student. And you only make $12,000 a year. So Mm it was intense but it was wonderful because you graduate and your school's paid for you know so and you get a mentor that whole year your first year of teaching which you know as a first year teacher is just incredible to have someone really help guide you keep you keep your mind right you know with everything going on that first year so that was my first year and during that year I got to really do research on reading fluency. So growing up, I was a struggling reader. And I always just had this, when when it really clicked for me took off, you know, I think we all have those moments in life that really speak to us in certain ways. And I was always drawn to literacy in my teaching. I mean, I love teaching all the subjects, obviously, but just really loved the literacy, the reading and the writing and how that carried over into the math and all the things. So I did my research on reading fluency. And it was so much fun. I got to, from that, I mean, so leaps and bounds of improvement in my students. And that experience really, really taught me and ingrained in me, you know, when you go through the education field, you're taught so much the power of reflection. But as you continue to apply everything that you're learning, the power of continuing to learn. And it just taught me so much about taking learning, breaking it down, make it fit your teaching style, your beliefs, your students, and really how it can empower everyone. I mean, I had kids grow so incredibly much in their reading. And so, and it was just it was a blast. So from there I got to really go around the district and got to help teach other teachers what I was doing. And that went on for like five years, still teaching fourth grade full time and I actually got to teach with another teaching fellow every year. So every year I was mentoring a teacher Mm -hmm. while teaching and, you know, loved that. And it was about five or six years in, I was just feeling kind of stuck again, you know, kind of like, okay, I, I love getting to work with teachers. I love literacy. Gosh, I would love to be like a literacy coach and continue to, you know, curriculum coach. And I was on every, single committee pretty much within our district of rewriting curriculum, you know, from a math standpoint, from a literacy standpoint, and just really taking that and breaking it down to fit the students, you know, because I think that's so unique about us as teachers and, you know, to kind of jump forward, I went back and got my specials degree. And in my program, almost every single person in my program was getting their PhD. And wow. I was the one of the only people, teachers, that it was still in the classroom. A lot of people in my program was, um, they had taught you know like a year or two, which, so they were so far removed from the classroom right. that it was so unique to be able to still give them that feedback yeah. and experience, yes. yeah, all the things. And so my research, and I really went into that because I was so exhausted as a teacher of being sent to all the professional development out of the classroom which I loved the learning piece but you never got time to apply it before mm-hmm. something else was introduced you <laughs> yeah. know? so it's just this constant model and I thought how empowering would it be to actually have job and better professional development where we can actually take the time to have the conversations to apply the learning to what we're actually doing and see what that looks like and sounds like so my research with that was um what does peer coaching look like and sound like, you know, really job in better professional development. And so we took that, our new Lucy Calkins writing curriculum that year, broke it down, me and another small group of teachers. And through that emerged our, my collaborative talk sequence. That this really is what showed, I'm so excited to hear about. Yeah. It's, um, it's so fun to look back at this all and how it still applies and how I still use it, how it's evolved, you know, too. And so what we did and you know the, the teachers that participated in it they got to volunteer and that was such a huge component because these teachers were learners and mm-hmm. i think every teacher in them wants to learn and do what's best for their students and for themselves but there's so much pressure put on teachers and most of the time it falls on teachers you know and and a lot of the times i always felt that who the powers may be, they and my professors, I say they in quotes, would think that it was. Let's let's add something else. Let's do this. Let's do that. And so it was just like taking the time to really talk things through and really ask these teachers that I got to work with of, what are your beliefs about learning and teaching? You know, like I want this to be a safe environment. We can talk about what is working, what is not working, but actually have the time to apply it. Come and talk about it make changes, apply it again, and so it was an incredible experience, and from that, um, we did it that year, and then the next year, my media specialist, she was getting her PhD at the same time, and her kind of focus was technology, but we had a lot of similarities in our research, so we got to really take that and apply that building-wide at my school, which was really fun. Um, It was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun as well to just really see the teachers be empowered mm-hmm. to see that carry over into how students were being empowered because teachers confidence was growing. And I know you can probably relate. I'm sure those of you listening can relate when you're in that, when you're in your classroom, you have so many ideas always floating around from the person teaching next door with you from, and then it's almost easy to say, I should try this. I should try that. Well, we lose our own unique strengths in that. Like, what am I good at? What are my beliefs and how kids learn? And so we really got to bring that out in um, on a different level. And so what the collaborative talk sequence that really emerged was really a structure of how to, whether it be one-on-one mentoring with a teacher, um, a leader, a principal, whoever it may be, or in a group. And what's so cool about it is, yes, it applies to education and everything, but it applies to just growth in general as people, and which continues to, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in we continue to grow ourselves. That's going to make a bigger impact than we could ever imagine. So, um, so yeah, we can, you know, the talk sequence really is all about taking something to ignite that new learning. So whether it be um, a new curriculum, whether it be going to professional development, or just having a mentoring conversation with someone. How do you take that new learning, discuss the new things that you're learning from there, kind of what am I doing in my classroom now that's working? What's not learned, you know, what's not working? What can I take from this new learning to try instead of just trying all the things, Mm -hmm. you know, really focusing on some things, but really tying in that reflection piece, because I know you're just, I mean, your day as an educator is literally packed full nonstop. Like how often do you get time to sit and reflect and think and really, you know, own that kind of thing. So really apply that, discuss that. And then this was where the piece as I got to come in really lays the foundation of asking questions and reflecting. You know, so for example, one of the teachers I worked with during this she would you know she had troubles with her kids were like listening so great when they were in small groups and large groups on the carpet and everything but when they went back to their on their own and even when she's having one-on-one conversations with them it was like why are they not applying that like Mm -hmm. what is the disconnect there and so me really being able to listen ask those questions and really paraphrase it so it's not just the mentor telling them what to do Mm -hmm. it's them taking ownership of it of saying oh my gosh yeah this is what's working but it ties all back to their beliefs of teaching and learning so with that they're taking ownership they're taking you know really getting to see what they're learning and applying really applies to their own teaching style I like to you know their own art of teaching so you call it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Really, um, that increases motivation. That increases happiness because when you're living and working in alignment with you and your beliefs, it fuels everything. You know, it impacts teachers, it impacts students, and so we got to have those really in-depth conversations. And my one of my professors, who was with me throughout my whole masters, um, Dr. Carol Gillis. Um, go, those you've listening, she's done extensive research on talk and the impact on talk. So. Go look her up. She's amazing. Um, but then we got to take that connection to practice. So we actually had, um, through our university, we had a program where we could have subs come in and release the teachers for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. so that we could actually meet as a group, talk about what we're going to go imp- implement, and then we got to go observe each other actually teaching it. So those of us observing the teacher in that group got to take notes. We recorded it. Then we got to go back Right after it. It Wasn't like a week later or two days later, right after they taught that lesson, we got to go meet as a group and really reflect on it. And it was just so cool because not only did that teacher's confidence grow in what she was doing, she got to have that immediate reflection and immediately apply things from our conversation that next day, you know, to her teaching. And we obviously learned so much. I mean I loved having the opportunity to go observe other teachers and see the amazing things that they were doing and like in person in life. And that was, um, super impactful. So really from that connection to practice, we got to expand on each other's ideas through that talk. And then that's when that new learning is taking place. So it's really having that time to talk so you can apply that learning and put it into action and that talk piece, um, It was a huge, huge theme throughout my whole research. So anyway, so that's my, (laughs) that was kind of the the talk sequence and that whole idea of reciprocity. So there's not one person in charge. You know, I, it's not, one of my biggest memories of this was when I was, um, I, I led a lot of our faculty meetings and, going into that and realizing, you know, so often we talk, you think you have to talk at people Mm -hmm. when we don't really give them enough credit to really come alive themselves and realize that you know more than what you think you know, and you really need to let that shine. And um, so it was great. It impacted teachers, impacted our school. It really helped, really helped my principal to see the power of I don't want to say slowing down, but just the power of giving teachers time, mm-hmm. you know, to really think honestly, cause there's just so much thrown at them. So we did that for a couple of years and, um, I now, so with that, did that, I had my first son foster and I still, you know, this was so great, but it was also at that point where it was just like, Oh my gosh, like I'm just working like crazy, you know? One thing that was so powerful about this and what I think I hope teachers always remember that anytime you are feeling stuck or you're feeling unmotivated, really, really take the time to learn because it can empower you in so many ways. And that was something I always felt when I was felt when I was feeling stuck or overwhelmed as a teacher. It was just a constant, okay what is something so small I can learn or apply that's going to ignite my students, ignite me. It's going to keep that motivation going. You know, when you have all these other things coming at you all the time, focusing on just a couple things to really, really downplay it a little bit. So, so true. um, so yeah, that's my journey. Um, with all that. And now I get to apply that whole, you know, talk sequence and mentoring and coaching and all that, With teachers, I get to apply it in business, with leaders, and it's just really powerful. I'm just a a huge believer in all aspects of life. If we, and and it goes to why I love teaching, really letting a student, a child, see their strengths and what makes them unique makes us all come alive from a child level to an adult level. And Dr. Gillis, always, I always remember this quote so much when she says, us as adults, we don't learn any differently than kids do. And I think that always stuck with me because it's such a good reminder in so many aspects of life, you know, that we all learn so much the same, although we have our unique learning styles, but that whole concept of we're constantly taking new learning and applying it and dealing with, you know, fears and confidence and all the things. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So being able to apply that different levels now is just really exciting.
0: So... I was going to ask you what you thought the best lesson you learned, you know, leading these talk sequences or just mentoring so many different teachers. Would you say that empowerment piece, really getting them to do the work and you're more the partner, or would you say something else was your, your greatest takeaway or lesson?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. I would say two things. The One of the biggest benefits I saw out of this, out of my research, was me taking the time in the beginning to getting to know the teachers who are participating in my group. So I sat down with them and we did little interviews. I mean, I guess you call it an interview, just a little questionnaire, you know, like what are your beliefs as a teacher? What are your values? So really making them feel heard and seen and then bringing the whole group together and saying, okay, this is what we all value. This is what we're all, these are some struggles we're having. These are some things that we think are going well. So it's kind of like when you're setting up your classroom, establishing that community and that comfort level for people to learn and to fail and keep going, you know. And so I think that's important, but it takes time, you know, and that was to really establish that kind of environment. And I would say, yes, that empowering piece of and, and that is what is so unique about the talk sequence is it's helping them see things they already know in a different light Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, in and my role too of saying, you know, you need to focus on that. You're doing that so great, but also think about this because this is what I hear you saying, that paraphrasing piece. So it really is that reciprocity and, you know, they get to really own that. Mm -hmm. And when they own it, instead of someone saying, go do this, go do that, they're going to make it their own. Totally. You know, so yeah, I would say twofold.
0: And if you were to say, okay, the, char- the characteristic that's going to make you super successful as an educator is your willingness to learn and be transparent and reflect, would you say those are kind of what you were finding made some of those people successful or is there some other X factor that really makes educators great?
1: I would definitely say all those. And then I would also say focusing really focusing because what was so cool, just because we focused on our new Lucy Calkins literacy curriculum Mm -hmm. that with my group, what they were learning and the teaching practices they were applying, applied to every subject. And so when you really kind of focus in on that and, you know, and, and I say that because I mean, that feeling of a new school year, how exciting is that? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fresh, it's new, and um or, or anytime you get that new kind of motivation, but you're also thrown with so many ideas. Try this, try that, and then you know, there's so many ideas. and then, but I think if we can really help educators see, okay, this is my beliefs, this is what I'm good at. This is what I want to improve on to impact what my students might need more help on. you know, we can really empower them to not be focused on all the things, right? but to really have that foundation that is going to carry over into everything, all their teaching. Um, so, yeah, I think it really, and that, that's the great thing about this, is it really teaches that process of constantly honing in on them, their strengths, what their students are struggling with, instead of just, having a quick fix of, oh, here's the new thing. You know what I
0: mean?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's how does that new thing actually fit my kids and my students and what they need and my teaching style. So So,
0: let's hone in a second on a specific listener. So we have a variety of people listening, and I think your advice so far applies to everyone, but I want to dial in to a specific audience, and I'll allow you to pick who you want to speak to. We have some new teachers. Then we have teachers in distress. Everything with COVID has really sent people through the roof, but some are even losing jobs or transitioning. And then we have teacher leaders like yourself and I who are passionate to keep learning and growing. So if you had to pick one of those groups of people to talk to and give a very specific piece of advice who would you pick and what would you tell them?
1: Oh man, this is so good. I know my heart goes out to teachers right now because I know it's just emotional ups and downs. And I talk to teachers weekly about things that are going on. And, you know, so, um, I think I would like to teach or not teach (laughs) to talk (laughs) to, um, Oh my goodness. I want to say the new teachers and, um, but my heart also goes out to those teachers who have been in it for a long time, you know, and you can kind of, so I think this applies to both, but I'm going to kind of speak to new teachers. Cause I think those of you who have been teaching for a while can really take something from this too, is really, really, really remembering the value when you have all these things thrown at you, focus on what you can control and um, which I think is so hard. is something I tell myself every day. What well, can you control tip with everything going on? Um, but also, again, don't forget that power of learning. Don't forget that power of surrounding yourself with the kind of energy and the kind of people who are going to raise you up. Mm-hmm. Because that, you know, one thing that really ignited me into wanting to get my a specialist degree was because I had you know, a group of teachers at my school who I just connected with so well because we were growth minded mm-hmm. and we love to learn. And that kind of energy is going to keep you going and keep you excited and keep you showing up for your students in the best way that you can with what you have. And, um, you know, we all have to have our moments where we kind of get frustrated and, and air those frustrations, but not staying in that place. And that was one thing I really talked with like, the group that we, worked through and i i told them in the beginning i said i want this to be a place where we can you know we can talk about frustrations but we don't have to stay in that place because that's not going to do us it's not going to serve anyone well you know we got to name it claim it own it but then what can we do about that so i think surrounding yourself with that kind of energy the kind of people you connect with the people who are growth-minded um the people who are going to encourage you fuel that positivity because um you know, you know, those days that are hard, especially with constant changes right now that it can just totally, totally just suck the life out of you, you know? And I think this one can apply to anyone. You have to have boundaries with your time, with your energy. And, um, that's something I really learned along and I'm still learning (laughs) as, you know, as a classroom teacher, as a mentor, and now as continuing to mentor is, You, when you are so passionate about teaching and what you get to do, you can let it consume you, but that's not serving anybody well. And you can really, if you don't have boundaries with your time, and I think teachers have such a unique advantage with this because we naturally time block our days because that's just how our brain works. You know, we have our reading time, our writing time, and but we sometimes forget. The value of having those time blocks with our own values and priorities in life, and this whole idea of integration, and when you can do that, it's going to empower you, your mindset, in so many different ways. And really recognizing within yourself, okay, I need to take a breather right now, because me continuing to work this non-like work non non nonstop is not go is not going to serve me. It's not going to serve my students. It's not going to serve my family. And um, so I would say those two things are very important to kind of keep in mind.
0: You've been such a great mentor to other people. And I know you were mentioning someone that had an impact on you and and words that stuck with you. In education, do you have uh, a mentor that you continue to learn from? Or do you just find pieces from other people that inspire you and, and that in itself mentors you?
1: Um, I would say both. I have one of my professors, Dr. Angie Zapata. Um, She's also amazing. If you're looking for anyone with leadership and children's literacy background, um, she's someone who I still connect with and talk to a lot. Um, My mentor throughout my whole, it's kind of cool. My mentor that mentored me through my master's program, we got to teach together and work together every year. And I got to step into her mentor role and mentor those teachers in that same fellowship master program that I got to do my last year, um, in the classroom. And she still has such an impact on me. I'll never forget when she was my, I think it was my first, yeah, first year teaching, um, maybe my second year. And this is where I really saw the value of time. And um, we were talking at the end of the day, and I was about the plans for the next day, and I was like, "Okay, I think I'm going to do." It was something small; I can't remember the exact lesson piece. And I was like, "I think I'll just carry that over into the next day, you know, on Friday." And she said, "Well, Tiff, what about this last chunk of time you have here? You have you know 30 minutes of your day here that you're not—it's kind of downtime at the end of the day." And I, I'd never—I was almost so overwhelmed that I didn't see how something so small could be so efficient in such a small amount of time. Right. And I have carried that over into so many areas of my life, you know, of life and work now, but really, you know, so that was such a huge lesson that she really taught me that in our minds, we can make something seem so overwhelming, but it's just taking that action of, okay, what's the most important thing right here? Like we can actually get this done in about 20 minutes, you know, and do it very well. (laughs) So that is something, and, um, you know, continually another leader that I get to work with, um, her name's Holly Reed, and she embodies this so well, of leading by example. I think it's so important, you know, I have worked with mentors before that don't lead by example, Mm -hmm. and when you're someone who is growth-minded and you work hard, like I know all you educators listening to this, how empowering is it to be aligned with someone who is also actively practicing and doing the things that you're doing. And, um, to have a principal, to have a leader who actually listens to you and not just passive listening, you know, but truly listens. And that is a huge piece of the talk sequence too, that anybody in an educational leadership role can take from this is the power of asking questions and actually listening to the teachers you get to work with and hearing them out and understanding their values. And it takes time. It does take time, but I think it's so important.
0: I absolutely empower, agree with you, uh, you know, everyone at large. So, and when you're talking about all these people who are inspiring you and, and sharing best practices, uh, I know folks have always said, I don't know where to go to make sure I'm on the top of my game and I'm learning what's the newest and best. And I know you were even saying with your collaborative talk sequence, how it's changed and evolved. So what advice do you have about just staying current and and where to go, where to look, what to try?
1: Well, I think aligning yourself with people like you, Gretchen, you know, someone who is, um, there's so many resources right now, you know, so really aligning yourself with someone who kind of shares those same unique values and beliefs, I think within your current environment, faculty, staff, everyone you get to work with, um, aligning yourself with that energy. And I too think, really think of, you know, my passion was literacy. So I was always, um, you know, research articles. I loved taking a short research article, like if my students were struggling with, let's just say reading fluency, researching that taking a piece of that and applying it. And so I I think so often it's um, easy to make it seem so big again. You know, I know for several years I took um, Daily Five, the sisters, a lot of their practices and implemented that in my classroom and went around the district and had teachers observe me on that. So really just honing in on what aligns with you and your passions Mm -hmm. because you're going to learn so much about yourself and your teaching style and what impacts your students that's going to carry over into all your teaching. And so I think, um, you know, really looking at that too.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you gave permission to. Do things you want to do and that light you up. And it's not always, you know, what the school tells you is the latest thing or what the state exactly. says is the latest initiative. Uh, I think that's very freeing for people to hear. So I'm glad you said that. I want to keep talking about teaching for a second and give you an opportunity to brag on a moment in time where you felt like, man, this is the all star moment here. And the reason I do that, I think it's so important for us to swap stories and it inspires people to try new things and emulate great things that have happened. So don't shortchange this story. Go ahead, shine <laughs> yourself up and tell us what is that moment?
1: You are so sweet. <laughs> um, I love this question. And I actually really thought a lot about it over the past couple of days because it's so hard to pick just one. You I know. know? Um, and these kind of both go together I think um I kind of mentioned this already, but my research with my reading fluency really taught me the power of continuing to learn, like we just talked about, you know, and not kind of being relieved or feeling I found in myself, if I was ever feeling stuck, that's a choice I was making. Like what can I do about that to keep learning and growing myself, you know, to not feel stuck because I can control that. I can control that. And one of my most favorite moments, though, was when I got to present my research um, on job and better professional development at a Mid-Missouri Principal Summit, mm. and I was still a teacher and a mentor at that time, and I was taking on a lot of tasks alongside my principal, and uh, which I loved, you know, but I was had a very full plate, we'll just mm-hmm. say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I was able to really see things at a 10,000-foot view, and I think it was so important because not only through my research and through my program and through people I got to work with, when you're not in it, I truly believe so much falls on the teacher. And when you get removed from that, that um, I think that's where it can cause so such a ripple effect. Yeah. And so really getting to speak to principals and leadership, people in leadership in general, um, I think it really really empowered people and that was my mission with that just to stay in touch with your purpose yeah why did you get into teaching in the first place why do you love it your unique values and um, really not just hopefully empowering principals to not just always push things off on the teachers whereas I need this done and I've, i I fell guilty I fell guilty of this where I would just, I mean, I was a yes person, you know, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll do that because it's going to help me grow in this area. I'm going to do that because it's going to help me in the future with this. And it did, but I wore myself out. And I don't regret any of it because I learned a lot. I had a lot of great opportunities, um, jobs that were offered to me before I stepped out of the classroom. And, but um, I think as that was such a moment for me because principals I mean they have so much on their plate too just like teachers do and I think we can all just get so overwhelmed with the demands and and everything and so I just it was so proud because I got to really share the impact of when you're implementing professional development with your faculty this is so powerful and these are the things that you can keep in mind of leading by example staying in touch with what's really going on in the classroom, what your teachers are feeling, and really listening and understanding to that. And, you know, I think we all continue to evolve and change. And that really, I felt, was a starting place to give them a foundation that can be rinsed and repeated, a process for any kind of professional development or growth opportunity that they put in front of their teachers, their faculty, their staff, for their greater mission and purpose, too, you Mm -hmm. know, of the vision that they have for their school and the impact they want to make. So,
0: You're a great bridge between the teachers and the classroom and the ones making the decisions, the leaders, and you are able to say, hey, I wear both hats, and I find this to be a truly effective way to move forward and to get the results you're looking for, but to also honor the people that are doing the most important work. Um, so I applaud you for that. I think that was a fantastic way to contribute and, and keep the forward momentum going in education today. So I'm so glad that you did your research and then were willing to share about it for, you know, years to come.
1: Yeah, it was fun. I was so nervous.
0: <laughs> <It> was <laughs> I <great> bet. <laughs> it was great, though. It was, um,
1: it's another one. those It's just an example of the things that make you the most nervous and scared means you should really just lean into that because you're going to grow, you're going to learn. And um, it's exciting. Have the biggest
0: impact for sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of impact, you've pivoted a little bit. We know you're a mama and you're an educator and you have combined both those things to continue mentoring and helping people, especially educators. So tell us what is it that you're doing these days? Oh, so fun.
1: Um, so yeah, I still, I get to work with so many teachers and really I get to more on the business side now, But, um, a lot of teachers I work with are still classroom teachers. And I will tell you when I first started my business while teaching full time, it gave me, it fueled me with the positivity that I needed because I did not have a ton of positivity Mm -hmm. in my teaching environment at the time. And I was burned out. I was exhausted. I was a new mom and, you know, wearing all the hats like we all do. And It it was such a great reminder, and this is why I kind of talked about the boundaries a little bit and really listening to yourself. You've got to have something of your own as well that you are are proud of. And it, it doesn't have to be huge. It could be even something small. And so I got to really take that, and now I get to apply that in my business. And the teachers that I get to work with now, it is so incredibly exciting to see their confidence grow in themselves and how they're taking their strengths as a teacher, um, which helping people, impacting people, listening, giving back all those things, carrying it over into a business that they're building, but really giving that environment for them to discuss and ask questions, the whole collaborative talk sequence, applying in that kind of realm from a group standpoint and an individual mentoring standpoint that I get to work with them but it lays the foundation for this learning to take place. And so, I cannot tell you how many teachers that I work with tell me, Tiff, this, this whole experience with my business is allowing me to, I'm a better teacher, because I'm happier, mm-hmm. I'm happier. And I was like, I know I felt the same way.
0: <laughs> and
1: I mean, I just showed up differently. I had this new energy and it spilled over into all areas of my life. So really getting to impact in that way and, uh, you know, I'm still asked a lot to teach and lead at um, our university here. But right now, with my life, with having three young boys, it's not <laughs> aligning perfectly. <laughs> um, but still, especially a preemie little boy. Exactly, with um, four month old, six month old, and two month old. But really getting to impact that way. And truly, the heart of my work is helping ambitious women a lot of moms and a lot of teachers see you have unique value. And I think that can be your strengths. You have to live into that and lean into that in your life and in your work for you to really live your days with joy, happiness that you desire is every day going to be sunshine and roses. No, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but when you can really own that, um, it makes, you're going to make an impact on your teaching, on your students, on yourself. And I think, you know, it, I was there. I, I know how so many teachers feel burned out and exhausted and stretched thin and just really being able to fuel them with that belief and that confidence that we can all lose ourselves. You know, we can lose ourselves in all the the busy of life in general and just teaching and taking the time to really, you know, own who you are and give them permission to sometimes you you just got to realize again um you got to let some things that you think are this huge thing you just got to really look at it for what it is and that was something I really taught myself as I grew in my education career that I you know I've had to let perfectionism go over the years Gretchen (laughs) because it's um but you can drive yourself crazy you know, this has to be perfect. And and it's, you know what, they just want, your students want to be loved, your family wants to be loved, and you got to take care of yourself. And so really getting to apply all my work with mentoring and teaching and coaching with my talk sequence into the individual now on so many levels in life and work. um, I I think we all have our own art of teaching within us. And I think we can lose that sometimes from all of our demands.
0: Yeah, so and I know alive. your focus is, you know, skincare and self care and working from the inside out. How have you seen the way you teach evolve now that you're talking more about an individual versus, you know, a class of students or a group of educators?
1: Yeah, I love that question because, you know, what is so cool about what I get to do now, which connects to what I did within my research is giving people permission and time to share what's going on how are you feeling what are you struggling with okay but now let's look at the possible solutions and helping them get a roadmap and honestly allowing them to get to dream again and really have a vision and not just this um you know I I always tell this story of my when I oh it was probably four years into my I was at a Four years into my teaching career, I was sitting at a professional development meeting on Saturday morning, and I had our superintendent had just retired. And he came in to our faculty meeting or a meeting that we were having, and he was like, he was like popping in, you know, kind of thing to say hi. And he was like, You guys just hang in there, because when you can retire, when, when you get to retire, you can start living your life like I can. And I remember being like, did he really just say that to us? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, I'm living my life right now, and I'm going to make the best of it, you know? And so um, getting to really work with women and realize that you may be frustrated right now or unhappy in whatever kind of situation you're in, especially with all the changes going on right now, but you know what? How amazing it is that you get to, let's, let's figure out who you are as a person and what do you want doesn't mean you have to leave your job or all these things like what do you truly want let's start living into that let's start living into those strengths let's make a plan let's help you cast a vision because when you have that internal motivation and that internal confidence not only from the outside but the inside it carries over into all areas of your life and you start showing up the way you were made to so it's a process and um it's it's i cannot tell you how much fun it is when someone gets that confidence to continue to grow themselves and you know i get to work a lot of teachers but i also work a lot of people in a lot of other fields now but the the process the impact is still the same on that person and how it carries over into their career so it's exciting
0: Yeah. Working on the whole person. I I like that. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. So before I let you go, I want to ask you one more question. And that is just how do you reignite that that passion and that potential that you have as a teacher, as a leader, as an educator?
1: I think I call this, um, I call it my heart method because I think getting to your core, your heart of who you are, getting back to that can ignite so much. And, you know, it's a simple process of thinking back, just take it 10 minutes, five minutes and reflect on a moment in your teaching career when you felt like you were really making a difference. You know, it really, you were impacting people and, and then really reflect on that about why, why did you feel that way in that moment? You know, I always felt that way when I was super intentional and present with my students and having those incredible reading conversations with them and those math conversations one on one and in groups and stuff. And that's what would light me up. So I was so intentional about that within my schedule with them, no matter what constraints were put on me um, to have that time with them. So I think really thinking about that, what lights you up about teaching, what gets you so excited about it and continue to go back to that when you're at that place of overwhelm, you know, recognize it. I'm not a, I'm not a believer in, um, you know, pushing things to the side, like, Oh my gosh, that too but I got to move on. No, own it, sit with it for a minute, but then go back to that. Okay. What does light you up about this? Because there's always going to be a hard always. Yeah. But if you can really, really train yourself to see the light, the good and lean into what lights you up, that's going to increase your motivation. It's going to carry over to your students because the energy you're bringing, um, it's a ripple effect.
0: I absolutely agree. I think that's a, an empowering way to close up this conversation. I'm, I'm just so thankful for you sharing your time, especially following your journey um, on social on Instagram, I think is where you like to hang out the most. But just tell us how do we connect with you? If we want to work with you? Where do we go? Um, how can we continue to learn from your brilliancy and your leadership?
1: you are so sweet and I just want to honor you and thank you too for all that you do for educators because, um, it's important work. It's important work. And everyone listening, um, it's, it's important work. So, um, you can find me on Instagram at Tiffany G Wallace. And then my website is also tiffanygwallace.com. And then I'm on Facebook as Tiffany Gash Wallace.
0: So those are all the places. I'm so glad you were able to share all the lessons you've learned. Your talk sequence is super exciting. I hope many folks take you up on giving that a whirl and reaching out to you if they have questions. But this is the place to connect with Tiffany, y'all. She shared lots of her handles. Did you have you have an email address they could reach you if they've got questions? Oh, uh-huh.
1: yes. uh huh, yes. Tiffanygwallace.com or at sorry, Tiffanygwallace at gmail.
0: Okay, great. Well, you guys heard it. She's given you the opportunity to ask her and connect with her. So please do so. Tiffany, thanks so much. All right, y'all, there were lots of great nuggets to take away about teaching and about leadership and just becoming your very best self by being in the driver's seat. She's all about you doing the work to get there and envisioning what you want your future to be like and the type of impact you want to have. And she's willing to be there alongside you. So I just she's a wonderful soul. So thankful our paths crossed. Thank goodness for social media. And I just encourage you all to keep going out there and finding your mentors. There are plenty of. Out there that are willing to help you if you're willing to DM and ask just like I did. Um, So thankful for all she's done for me. So Tiffany, thank you for being an elite educator. All right. That's a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Tiffany Wallace. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered.